Welcome to Truly Fit, the online fitness marketplace connecting pros and clients through unique fitness business software. Welcome to the Truly Fit Podcast. I am your host, Steve Washuda, co-founder of Truly Fit and author of Fitness Business 101. On today's podcast, I will be speaking with Leobov Lomonosova. Leobov is a run coach. She's also a NASM CPT and PES. Today, our conversation is going to be centered around helping clients run. We talk about helping clients who have never run before start their running program, whether it's some sort of couch to 5K-esque or whether it's running their first mile. We talk about helping clients who are actually runners, high-level runners, the things we can do to make sure that our clients are well-balanced and that we're working on both ends, not only with them in the running areas, but that we're working with them in the weight room. We talk about common issues and injuries that runners may have to deal with. We talk about training runners remotely versus virtually. We talk about gadgets for running. It is a great conversation surrounded around running, mostly beginner running or how to help your clients run. But all in all, I really enjoyed the conversation. If you want to find more and talk to Leah Bove or follow her, please, L-Y-U-T-S-I-K. That is her Instagram. Again, L-Y-U-T-S-I-K. She's got a great IG and very interactive with her followers. So please follow her. With no further ado, here is Leah Bove. Okay, Leobov, welcome to the Truly Fit Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I've already introduced you on the front end, but let's give a brief bio of who you are, how you got into running, and what exactly you do now. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for inviting me. I'm very excited. Um, so I'm a Ukrainian. I uh, moved uh, to U.S. Uh, in uh, August uh, 2014. And uh, I was not uh, considered like considered myself as an active person. So basically, I came here, I was eating, maybe sometimes partying, and uh, I ended up uh, gaining uh, lots of unnecessary weight, especially with the difference with the food and the portions. So I moved <laughs> to Texas. In Texas, everything is bigger, that's and that's for sure. Uh, and uh, after about a year or sometime about that, I realized that uh, this uh, lifestyle is not good for me. Mm-hmm. And I might uh, want to start doing something about it. And I hated running so much. So running wasn't an option for me. So I started like um, going to every possible classes uh, at the community, fitness community center where we lived at. And uh, after that, at some point, uh, people were like, you should add like really cardio if you want to like lose uh, fat that is like really helpful uh and i was like okay i don't know and uh, my husband at the time uh, started uh, running he got a proper running shoes he got fitted for it and uh, i was like okay maybe if i'll get a new pair of proper running shoes which i've never had before uh, i'll be more motivated to start doing it and uh, because i invested in something uh, it will make me uh, uh, stick to it so um, yeah my husband also pointed out that uh, all that I was kind of like all, all the, always trying um, to run wrong like starting out too fast mm-hmm. and uh, so he showed me how to jog and uh, it was a breakthrough moment when I realized that I could sustain 20 minute run and it was like about 14 minute mile or something. And um, 
I picked a program just to learn how to run 40 minutes. So I would be able to add it later to my just regular cardio routine. Uh, and again, I was like, okay, I can run 40 minutes. This is something new. If I can run 40 minutes and I thought I couldn't, maybe I could do more. And then step-by-step step, training plan by training plan, I got into like 10K training, um, then half marathon, marathon, and then I wanted to qualify for Boston. And uh, there you go. And then I was like, okay, um, I would like also like to share um, with people uh, what, what I learned. Maybe I could help someone, inspire someone, but also I need a knowledge. So that's why also like I got few different certifications so yeah i'm a i have a certification in personal training and uh, several certifications in running coaching well i do think that the best coaches uh are not always the best at what they do now let me let me explain what i mean by that or they start from the bottom so the best football coaches american football and baseball and basketball typically are people who weren't the best athlete they were someone who had to work their way up from the start because they saw how you have to start and all the little nuances of how to get from there. So I think it's important that as a running coach, you weren't someone who has been running since the age of five or someone who loved running. You had to start from that area where you were like, you know what? I have to get off the couch. I don't really love this. I'm not great at it. I'm only running 14 or 15 minute miles. And then you built yourself up to this high level runner. I think that that helps you. And I want to I want to sort of go right into that now. How do you work with clients who are in your same position who say, you know what, I really want to start running, but I've never done it before and I don't think I'm any good at it? Uh, so first of all, uh, people who would uh, reach out to me, th those would be people who inspired by my story just mm -hmm. because uh, they see someone who never was uh, uh, an elite runner. And now I'm like from non-runner, I became very close to let's say probably some sub-elite level. I'm a sub-elite level runner. And um, people get excited and uh, they think like, what if I can do that too? Mm -hmm. So um, I coach uh, different people and there are people who have uh, zero background in running at all. And they just have goal just to start running. Uh, so for some runners uh, works, for example, run walk method just because they cannot handle right away 20 minute uh, jog uh, and that's okay. And then there are runners who even uh, without any running background, they can start a 20 minute run. So usually I recommend to run, start with those people running like three, four times per week and not to overwhelm them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I gradually build up the distance if it is just starting with the distance. And uh, if it is a run-walk method, so my goal is to eliminate the walking part and uh, get to like 20 minute run without uh, any stops and then build up to one hour run, let's say. And then from that level, it is possible to start working by adding some uh, speed. So usually if a person wants to run first 5K, it will not be about speed, but about just finishing uh, the distance and feel good about it. So I wouldn't worry about uh, much about adding speed. And it also, the body is not ready to add speed. So I will be building up just the distance, make sure everything is okay. I will ask for response um, and uh, 
moderate uh, their workout uh, if necessary. So for online co online coaching, uh, I use a special platform for online uh, endurance training. It calls a final search. So this uh, platform uh, have an opportunity to get synced with the most important, uh, most uh, famous, uh, I don't know, like uh, Garmin, uh, like sure. Fitbit mm -hmm. or some, like popular uh, running watch, watches. But if the pers person doesn't have any vo watch, um, she or he can use a, a special app, like for example, Strava or yeah or it is um, some other running apps. And then uh, that's how I will be able to see like where did they run and uh, depending on uh, which uh, tracking device they have, I will have less or more statistics. So running watches, some of them, they have more statistics like cadence, like um, uh, heart rate, like uh, pace. And then I can get a, uh, some kind of idea how hard or easy it was for them. And I can look at some statistics uh, to know, do they have like a proper running form? Also, some of my runners, if they want to, they can uh, film themselves, ask someone to film them while they are running. So I would have a look about the, on their running form and give them some cues to correct that. Um, some people want to add the strength workout, some people don't. So if uh, my client wants to add, uh, I will add some uh, necessary workouts for them to, because um, just running itself um, can be um, not the best thing to do. You need sure. to work uh, by adding strengths, different kind of strengths workouts. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And I think we're gonna talk about that in a little bit, but I wanna go back to something um, that just popped in my head here. And if they don't have access to maybe running outside for whatever reason, if it's really cold, do you work with people who just run on a treadmill or do you, uh, are you against running on treadmills? Uh, no, actually I do work with people who wants to run and I don't care where they run, uh, where they run just because um, people can train uh, outside and inside. There is, there are differences. There are certain people, for example, if they always train on the treadmill, it will be, it might feel harder to run outside and vice versa. Uh, I do have a um, client that I coach and she just loves uh, running on the treadmill. Uh, and that works for her. Mm -hmm. I mean, I cannot make her run outside if she doesn't want to. Uh, my goal is to make my clients happy and help them in whatever they want to reach. Uh, but by doing it safely. So uh, if person running on the treadmill, usually it is suggested to add sometimes uh, about 1% incline just to uh, make sure you're not doing just on flat uh, ground just for some uh, running form and uh, to compensate for uh, outside conditions. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it's possible and I'm okay uh, I use uh, treadmill myself if needed, uh, but I like running outside. <laughs> so now, now that you're in, uh, and in, invested in running and it's something that you love. And I know that I get to this point too. When I, when I start running, I get addicted to it and you get that runner's high and you want to run every other day and you get into it. 
But those first few weeks mentally are very tough for people who have never done it. So do you have clients who struggle with that who go, you know what, I just, I just don't feel like running today. And how do you, how do you motivate them? I guess I would say. So there are different kinds of runners and uh, there are runners who experience tough time. And uh, for those who uh, haven't run before, they may experience even soreness after running. And uh, I just ask uh, all my clients to give me uh, feedback after each workout. So I would know what's going on and if I can give uh, any kind of advice uh, to them. So um also, some runners can experience some kind of like, uh, I don't know, shin splints or mm-hmm. arch uh, pain. Uh, lots of things also uh, depend on if they have a proper running shoe, because um, not everyone wants to invest in a good pair of running shoes, which is very important. Uh, there are some people uh, to whom I can reach out to and um, I can uh, help them, motivate them and uh, Uh, make them believe they need to keep going and uh, they're willing to keep going. But there are some people who just uh, abandon it and give up. And, uh, you know, like if the person doesn't, is not ready yet mentally, uh, it is not uh, much I can do about it. So I don't like forcing my clients. uh, But if my client has like a, will and desire to reach the goal i do all possible to make it happen so one of the techniques for example um it was like a bed run and uh, a person would be my client would reach out to me and say oh that was terrible i'm a terrible runner i can't do it i can't do it i'm so slow i don't see the progress so I would remind, uh, but do you remember the other day when you told me you felt good, you felt excited, you're doing a great progress because uh, we tend to discount all all the positive that we have and uh, focus on just negative and negative stays longer. So it is very important to uh, work with a client kind of like mentally to just give some motivational advice. Sometimes it's just pointing out some obvious things that it's hard to see when something not going good. Yeah. And to give a sort of a runner's analogy, health is a marathon, not a sprint, right? So there's right. going to be, it's a, it takes a long time to get healthy and it takes a long time to, to be able to run and you're going to have bad days and, and good days. It's our part as, as coaches and trainers to, to get them motivated. And I think what you said before was, was really smart too, about them having them invest in that pair of running shoes is important. Just like as personal trainers, we try to have our clients invest in a package because if they buy that package of training for whatever, let's say, you know, $500 for whatever, for eight sessions, they are now invested in the process. They're not going to just come to one session and leave. They've already paid and they're ready to go through that. So I think that's important. I, I want to go back to something we were almost going to touch on before. Um, and that was uh, injuries. You mentioned uh, shin splints and then some people get like plantar fasciitis some people have like, uh, you know, what tight muscles, right? Tight hamstrings, tight quads, whatever. Are there, are there things that you see? Uh, let's talk about specifically with like beginner runners. Do they have more common issues? Are there programs that you use with them uh, afterwards, whether for like stretch and recovery? So uh, I give my, my runners uh, links with video, videos for dynamic uh, warm up before mm-hmm. their runs. 
and uh, post-run stretch. And I uh, ask them if they do it because not everyone do it. Um, also, uh, if uh, one of the runner would say, oh, you know, I have like tight calf or something like this, I would uh, look up and give uh, some links for uh, self-myofascial release, like foam rolling. So they will address it if, if it helps. If it is something like really bad, they cannot go uh, running because they experience pain, not discomfort. I would suggest to see a, a physical therapy, so chiropractor, uh, and see what's going on. Uh, just, uh, just to make sure uh, we are not overdoing something. Because, uh, yeah, people uh, who are not exercising, they may have some muscles imbalancing and uh, like becoming uh, active may trigger some issues. So um, yeah, trying to be cautious with that too. Yeah, yeah. I, um, <clears throat> I worked with a, a gentleman who was in his early 40s and he was a sprint triathlete and he represented America for like whatever they are, like the sprint triathlete competitions. And he was so strong in his legs and so fast, but his core was so weak, he couldn't hold a one minute plank. And you think this guy is representing America for like the age 40 to 45 for like sprint triathletes. He should be, you know, in phenomenal shape. But people forget that a lot of times people are only doing their specialties. So he was only running, swimming and biking. He wasn't doing any other exercise. So he was only moving in that one plane of motion and he didn't do all those other exercises. So it's important to work with your runners, I assume, and get all of those other exercises in to make sure that they're still strong and still healthy. Like you said, you have them doing dynamic stretches, which I'm sure they're moving in other directions, right? They're moving rotationally yeah. and doing those things. And I think, you know, for those trainers out there who are listening, uh, just because someone's in good cardiovascular shape or just because they can run fast, doesn't mean that all their other muscles are strong. We still have to make sure that the whole body is, is complete, so to speak. Yeah, you are totally right. And the same goes uh, with those heavy weightlifters. They That's may right. be strong in, 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 in one area, but then it is not necessarily they can be strong in other areas. And it is very important to, uh, as you said, like uh, train in a different planes of motions just to uh, make all muscles work evenly. Yeah. And we always tend to stray away from the things that we're not good at. So I am not flexible and I hate yoga, but I need yoga. So I have to force myself like you, like we talked about before, I pay in advance for the yoga classes so that I go to them because I know that that's what my body needs. And I wouldn't go unless I was financially invested in it. So uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the uh, gadgets you touched on earlier. There's, you know, the Garmin watches, and there's like heart rate monitors and all these things. I'm, I'm simple. I have a G-Shock watch. I'll set a stopwatch. I'll go on a run. That's all I look at. I don't look at my cadence. I don't look at my heart rate. I don't look at any of that stuff. Maybe because the I like naivety. The more you know, sometimes the, the wilder it is. But for somebody who is getting to that point where maybe they're not just a beginner anymore and they're getting a little bit better, um, what, are those, what are some of those things that they're looking at? Uh, so I would say uh, it will be good to have a watch that can measure cadence and uh, some other running dynamics. Uh, well, heart rate monitor is uh, very important, I would say. Um, 
for some workouts, it is important. For some workouts, it can be neglected. But still, it is good to have it because it is a more accurate uh, training can be and I can get a better sense what was going on, uh, especially for online coaching. And uh, there are some watches that uh, tell you also like vertical oscillation, ground contact time and all those things. And then it can give you idea again about their form. Like, uh, for example, I see lots of beginners, they have a very low cadence. Uh, this information can tell me that they might be overstriding yeah. and overstriding, of course, leads to a different kind of uh, imbalances in the body. And then uh, they might get injured at some point. So for those people, I would point that out. I will give some special drills and we'll say like, those drills will help you get your cadence better. Or for example, use metronome. There are some watches that have metronome built in. Mm. Uh, so I would say uh, for running, it is good to have a running watch specifically, not a Apple watch, but running watch because it is easy programmable because it is not just a, uh, I don't know, steady or easy running. There are some interval training. So there are different goals for different workouts. And uh, it is important to be able to program it. Yeah, that's good information. I, I had a client who was, you know, starting out and had never run before. Her goal was to run a 5K. She did it. Her goal was to run a 10K. And during the training between the 5K and the 10K, she started getting some issues, ileal tibial band issues, some knee issues, all these things. And it was just one small thing. She switched her cadence. It wasn't with me. She went to a, a running coach specifically and came back to me and she changed her cadence. Her strides were too long. She was tall like you. I think she was 5'11". And he said, we, we, you know, we have to change her cadence. She was running, you know, I guess when, when you're over striding, then, you know, like you said, things start to compensate. You're not landing on the right part of your foot. When you're tired, you're less likely to run with good form because, you know, now your legs aren't doing the right things. And, um, it's those small fixes, but from the people who know what they're doing, right? That's why you work with a, a running coach uh, to, to make sure that you have that wholesale approach so that you can continue to run without injury. Yes, uh, that's true. Because also like with the different kind of running techniques, the, some, uh, so many different uh, issues can pop up. For example, people who uh, run long distances, like let's say a half marathon, marathon, uh, or even 10k they cannot run on uh, toes mm -hmm. just because if you run only on toes uh, you are using more of your calf and then you can get shin, shin splits mm -hmm. and then for example people who just uh, land on a straight leg in front of their uh, center of body mass with a heel it's like the whole th shock goes on the whole body and then there are lots of uh, problems may, may arise. Uh, yeah, even uh, me at some point when I started learning more about it, I noticed that I was doing that. And when I corrected it, I feel so much better. I went and to... it is also, sorry. No, you're fine. Yeah, and it is, the, the, it is also like running efficiency, like how much energy you are uh, wasting if you're not running correctly. I went to a running store about three years ago now and they put you on a treadmill and they watch you run and they even have like chalk on your feet and see exactly how your feet land on the treadmill and assess all these things. And then they provide you with, you know, whatever Brooks, this was a Brooks specific uh, thing, but whatever Brooks that they felt were appropriate for, you know, the, 
the angle of which your foot was hitting and the, the type of stride you had and things of that nature. Do you recommend that for, forget about just the financial investment, but for the actual physical self, uh, for a new runner, do you recommend that or only for people who are very into running? Uh, so I, I recommend all my runners, uh, first thing to go to a running specialty store and get fitted for a proper running shoes. Because uh, when you're not familiar with, with what, what's going on with your uh, feet, you can't uh, really buy a proper running shoes. And there is like a shoes for overpronation and uh, for neutral pronation. Mm -hmm. And then uh, if you buy like uh, the shoe that doesn't work for you, it will lead to a lot of uh, issues and then you'll have a lot of pain while running. So this is a number one thing to do because they can give you a, a, like a proper advice, like at least overpronation shoe or neutral shoe. So yeah, it, it is very important. I think uh, having a good running form, uh, it's a good thing, but I wouldn't be overwhelmed. If you are a beginner, you don't want to have too much information because uh, that that's what gets people confused too. So some corrections and some cues can be given like gradually. Yeah. I think, uh, well, well, speaking to what you just said, uh, going, going to the running store, even for me as a personal trainer, it, it was a lot at first, it was a lot of information, but at the same time, there's only two things that you're using when you're running your body and your shoes. Don't you want both of those to be in, in proper shape, right? It's like, if you're a golfer, you want to make sure that your golf clubs are fitted to the right size because it's just your body and the golf club. So I think people un underestimate how important the, the running shoe can be long-term. And then also, if your shoe happens to be the opposite of what you need, let's say it's not just sort of like a neutral shoe, it's, it's the exact opposite. Now you're going to be doing harm to your body instead of just doing nothing, right? So now everything is being thrown off and your body is compensating to fight back the other way against the shoe. So I wouldn't, I, I don't know if that ever happens, but I assume that at some points people buy a shoe because they like the shoe, not knowing that it's the absolute worst shoe they could have bought for running. So yeah, uh, actually you brought this up and I remembered. So I did, I did work in a running specialty store a couple of years ago in Austin, Texas, and uh, it was a it was a guy who came into the store and he had a shoe uh, with a high support, and uh, he mentioned that I don't know what's going on, but every time I uh, I wear that shoe and I squat in this shoe, and that was like again this was like running shoe, and he was like squatting in that shoe, doing like gym stuff in that shoe, and yeah. then he said like that outside of his uh, legs were pain and I was like okay let me see and like of course uh, if you have a shoe that has support it puts you outside so some muscles are getting shortened some muscles are getting lengthened and yeah. it throws the whole body away and then I suggested him to go uh, him to go with a neutral running shoe and he was like okay magic it it's gone <laughs> I feel good I'm healthy again yeah I mean the, the small simple things people don't think about it's important to to make sure that you have the proper equipment. There's, there's, again, there's not a lot of things involved. You want to make sure that all of them are good. If you're making pizza, you're not going to have a, you know, really good cheese and really good bread and then just buy bad sauce, right? You need all the ingredients to be working together in concert. Um, so we talked a little bit about common injuries. We talked about the gadgets and what to look for. We talked about how like, new runners start out. We talked a little bit about advanced running, but I want to go more uh, to finalize here into people who are really into running and really uh, sort of working in towards the more advanced 
phases. You said you work a little bit with people as far as like helping them build programs, but is there something in, in particular that you see like issues with people, even like yourself anecdotally, like um, like muscles or strength that you are find limit limited when you're only running things that you have to make sure that, okay, when I'm in the weight room, I'm doing these exercises because running does not provide me with these things. Yes, I do. Uh, I actually uh, exercise all the time uh, just because, uh, uh, you know, the running is just moving forward. Yeah. So if you're doing uh, only one motion over and over again, uh, some of the muscles will give up at some point. So you need uh, to make sure that everything works well. So it is a good idea to train your running muscles just to make them stronger. But it is also very important to work on uh, like other planes of motions, do like moving in different directions, doing different kind of movements. So yeah, uh, stabilization uh, workouts are really good for balance just because, uh, you know, you're spending some time uh, on one foot while you're in some phases of running. So you need to make sure that your hips are strong to hold that, your core is strong to hold that. Um, and yeah, uh, so I, I built some uh, basics, basic programs for my runners to address those issues that, are, that will be good for general for, for runners. And uh, yeah, if uh, talking about myself, uh, yeah, I right now I'm doing uh, uh, periodization uh, workouts um, by an ASM. Uh, so right now I'm at st stabilization endurance, working on little little things to make sure uh, they are functional. Uh, and uh, yeah, I feel really good. And I've noticed that I have less uh, different kind of uh, tightness in my body. Yeah, that's good information. And always good to you know, follow the, the OPT model, like you said, and, and work, work through those phases. You know, I would add that uh, you know, building up sort of postural muscles, I notice at least with me when I run, my head sometimes forward, there's, there's leaning, their shoulders are rounded. Uh, Sometimes you can get away from it. You can think about it while you're running and try to get in better posture. But sometimes, you know, I enjoy running because I zone out and I stop and I, I turn the world off. So when I do that, I don't think about my posture. So sometimes retroactively when I come home or the next day when I'm working on things, I try to work on those postural muscles, right? I try to strengthen those upper back muscles and those muscles along the, the spine and, and things of that nature. And just stay conscious that, you know, running is like you said, we're going in one direction, we're forward. So we have to make sure that we're opening up through our chest and, and stretching those appropriate muscles to make sure we're not too tight or forward head position. Yes, yes, you are 100% right. So if anybody wants to find out more about your running programs, whether it's asking you as a personal trainer and as a fellow, let's say, run coach about how you do things, or if people are actually looking to work with you, how do they find you? Uh, usually on Instagram, mm -hmm. uh, I have links attached and, uh, uh, I have also website. Uh, yeah. So those are two main sources. And I will list both your Instagram, uh, and your website for anybody who has, uh, any questions or, or wants to come find you. I, uh, appreciate your time and hopefully we'll speak on a future truly fit podcast about some other running topic. Sounds good. I'm really excited. Thanks for joining us on the Truly Fit Podcast. 
please subscribe, rate, and review on your listening platform. And feel free to email us. We'd love to hear from you. Social at trulyfit.app. Thanks again.